Welcome to the Aron Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession. It's a young man's guy. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome, welcome to your own sports podcast, NFL Week 15 coming up here, December 13th, 2016, just uh, really getting into the, uh, the Christmas spirit here, the, the snow is flying, the, the gifts are being bought, trees coming up, being decorated, it's, uh, it's a wonderful time of the year here, that's for sure, and uh, judging by the last weekend here at our own sports, it's a uh, Wonderful time of year to be a sports better as well. Uh, let's uh, head out to Vegas and check in with Rob. Uh, how are you coming, Rob, on your uh, holiday preparations here? Uh, a little slow, I guess you could say. I'm dealing with finals right now instead. i got one more tomorrow and a little business to deal with. And then I'm uh, back to Minnesota. So that'll uh, be good. i get to see a little little white on the ground, I would assume, and uh, some cold weather. I think it's a sub-zero there or not. Uh, I don't think it is currently, but I'm, right now I'm actually uh, up in Fargo, but I know on my way up here I saw minus one on the dash on the, the thermometer, so that wasn't... Not talking about a spread? <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, not a big fan of laying points, or I'm not a big fan of sub-zero temperatures, that's for sure. Yeah, I hear ya. So, anyway, um, let's uh, start it off here by doing a quick little recap of how we did last week. The Weekend Recap. So, how'd your uh, week 14 shape up there? Uh, like you kind of alluded to, it was a pretty good week here at Round Sports. Uh, had some plays at 1. 3-0, I believe, on my releases. Uh, Washington there, and minus 1, I released it. That one closed at 2.5-3, you know, somewhere in there. That got just kind of like I expected, like we said in the podcast. Thought some money would come in on Washington, and it did. So, it's good to get ahead of the number there and back it up with the win. It wasn't the, the cleanest or easiest of wins, but end up still getting there. Uh, I picked 6 by... Cousins wasn't the best, but uh, uh, that kept kind of Philly in the game. But they ended up getting another drive there at the end to, to win by by the margin we needed. And also at Chicago, which they almost won the game outright, and I think that was a pretty easy winner. Getting getting eight points, I released it at eight and a half myself. And then Green Bay plus plus a three on uh, the prime time there against Seattle, kind of a flat spot. Uh, they looked pretty awful, and Seattle did. And Green Bay looked kind of like their old selves again, so that's a pretty easy winner there at home, getting three, uh, never in doubt for the most part. So, not uh, not a bad weekend. Yeah. Uh, likewise, I had a three and zero sweep on the releases. Um, also hit my my pick of the week again for I think that's probably maybe a seventh straight week now or something. It's getting a little out of hand if I do say so myself, but. Uh, yeah, no, uh, looks like I'm up over on the year, up over five units of profit, hitting 58 percent, and and you're uh, you know just shy of five there, hitting 56 percent. So, uh, you know, both uh, feel pretty decent with what we put on uh, put on paper here so far this year. And uh, you know, like I said for a year in which a lot of things really haven't seemed to 
necessarily go either of our ways uh, as much as it did, you know, say last year, uh, to keep you know, plugging away and and uh, and producing a little bit of profit that's not totally scoffable is, uh, you know, never a bad deal. So hopefully we can keep building on here in the last couple of weeks and uh, finish strong. But the only way to do that is to take a look at the old Week 15 card. So let's uh, start it off here with uh, a nice barn burner of a Thursday nighter. I got the uh, L.A. Rams led by, I think, was it Jim Fossil's son uh, going into Seattle there uh, to play the, the Seahawks. So my guess on this one was Seattle being the favorite of 13 and a half. What did you have? Yep, right, uh, right with you there. Seattle 13 and a half uh, favorite as well. <laughs> Power rating with Seattle minus 12. And like we do every week here, use the Westgate for the opener at the Superbook in Las Vegas and also for look-ahead lines, which are the lines posted the week before. Kind of give a comparison to see how much the lines affected from just that one one game uh, played from the week last week. You can see how much it's been changed. Just so the look-ahead, that's what it does. But... Uh, yes, yeah, power. Uh, my power rating is 12, like I said, and the opener is 12 and a half Seattle, and that was look ahead as well, and just uh, constant Seattle money, seeing 14 and a half, 15, even a 15 and a half, and an offshore book that's uh, a little bit sharper too. So, pretty crazy. Uh, all Seattle money. I'm not not that I'm really that surprised. I guess I I did have in my notes here that I'm gonna stay away from the game, but the only way I'm gonna bet this game, even at 13. Uh, twelve and a half. I'm gonna. I bet Seattle, but I. You very rarely, if ever, see me laying double digits uh, in the NFL. I, I really don't even like laying more than the touchdown, even. But so that's just kind of no-no territory. But at the same time, I want. I want to be back in the Rams here, even under. Now you're talking about fifteen. I mean, <laughs> it's uh, maybe maybe more of a value play, but it's just kind of tough. And I guess the the somewhat good news for the Rams is at least they got got rid of Fisher. I think uh, we kind of had a little. I don't know if we mentioned it last week or if it was two weeks ago, but that he got an extension. And I guess that was just misreported that he actually got the extension over the offseason. It just happened to be the, the news got let out a couple weeks ago or a week ago, whatever it was. So that's that's a little bit better. <laughs> um, settling for the, the, the Rams organization has been pretty embarrassing if they did give him an extension, so that makes a little more sense. But So anyway, just from a motivational standpoint, you usually like taking teams coming off, uh, getting, getting a co- head coach fired like that. They usually get their max effort, especially the way the Rams look. They kind of just look dead. So maybe a little bit of there, but I, mean, I just don't think they, they really have you know care at all. So, I mean, you never know. They could keep it in this game, especially if you're getting 15. I, I don't like the Seattle all in more than two touchdowns, but... I don't I think I'll get to the window with the Rams, but you never know if something changes uh, later in the week. Yeah, not going to take a whole lot of time on this one. It's just the Rams haven't really been uh, relevant or interesting or anything for quite a while now. So it's basically if you've been betting against them, you've been cashing. And I've bet against them a little bit here and there just uh, personally and, and made a little bit, but I kind of wish I would have jumped on board a little bit earlier. Uh, in terms of Seattle, I'm still not really totally sure what to make of Seattle. I know a lot of people were hailing them as the, uh, the best team in the league uh, a couple weeks ago after they beat the Patriots and then beat the Eagles pretty easily. And then they came back, though, and then um, lost that really ugly game at the Bucks. And then people jumped back on board, and they blew out the Panthers at home. And then now they go and just play a complete egg no-show against the Packers it's uh they're a little bit uh harder team to totally 
quantifier than I uh, kind of expected them to at this point. So I'm not totally sure what to make of them. I think it was uh, Matty Holt, I think, on the uh, from CG Technologies that made the point that they're the only team to not score a touchdown in four games this season. I think it was, uh, if, I, if I have that correctly. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's just you, you wouldn't think that they'd be. Uh, you know, you think of offensive ineptness. I mean, you know, you think Vikings, maybe little Browns, Houston, maybe uh, some teams in there. But yeah, it's a, Seattle's that inept a lot of times on offense is with Russell Wilson at the helm. There is pretty hard to imagine. But one uh, because they won one of those or two of those games, didn't they? Yeah, they beat the Dolphins twelve to ten opening week where they didn't score a touchdown. And these Rams they're playing this week. I know it was. Keenum led and Fisher led as opposed to Fossil and Goff led, but they lost to uh, the Rams nine to three in the second week without scoring a touchdown. And of course they had six. Who did they beat the Jets nine to six? Yeah. No the the Seahawks didn't they? Oh, I beat thought the you were Jets about the Rams. Okay, I thought you were talking no, about no, the Rams. No. Yeah, okay, my bad. No, no. And then Seattle. Um, then they played the Cardinals on that Sunday night game and tied them 6-6. And then, of course, against the Bucks, Fugues, they only put up five points. So that's a pretty horrific display of offensive ability there from a team that you don't – you know, you always associate Seattle with, with good defense, but um, their offense has really been underwhelming at times. So uh, with offense like that, laying 15 points is pretty tough. But <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you said, and I've – firmly believe for a while i don't think there's really you wouldn't want any part of this rams team so um the one other factor i wanted to mention about this game is for whatever reason the rams have historically played the, the seahawks really well even though they've been by far the inferior team most of that stretch um i know like i mentioned week two the, the seahawks lost to the rams nine to three and i know it's been kind of a reoccurring theme over the last couple of years that for whatever reason, a pretty bad Rams team plays a really good Seattle team pretty tough. So whether that uh, you know happens in this game or not, I guess we'll have to wait and find out. But uh, I think this is a pretty easy pass for me. And then you factor in the Thursday sloppiness that usually comes with these games. Uh, makes it just a really easy pass for me and not even really a game that I'm that interested in watching. So let's head to the – oh, actually, we got a Saturday game this week. This is the uh, first of the Saturday games, which I'm a big fan of. I like when college kind of wraps up and, uh, you know, we get some Saturday action, just kind of spreads out the slate a little bit more, and you can really focus in on an individual game instead of having six, seven, eight games on at the same time. But uh, the Saturday game we got this week isn't a particularly entertaining one. We got uh, the Miami Dolphins heading to the New York Jets. Uh, Matt Moore led Miami Dolphins, now the Tannehill towards ACL. So that's uh, something to remember. Uh, my guess on this one was Miami minus two. What did you have here? Yeah, I have Miami minus two and a half. My power rating was Miami minus two. The Westgate opened Miami minus three. And the look ahead was Miami three and a half. And it's sitting right now two and a half, two at some shops. Uh, obviously, that's just uh, that look ahead of two. That was obviously a Tannehill line, not a... A more line, so that makes a little bit of sense. Just the adjustment there through three. Talking about a point adjustment through three, so and plus maybe a little bit of money against them too for that. I think maybe it was a little bit under adjusted for that. So I don't know. This is a game. I don't think we need to spend. I don't need to spend much time on it. At least I don't really have an opinion. It's kind of right where my guess power rating is, and it's kind of tough to tell where we're going to get from both these QBs. So um, I guess 
maybe take Jets in the points at home, but I don't. I really don't even want to do that. So yeah, I think it'll pretty much be a pass no matter what. Yeah, last week uh, I had Miami, of course, as my pick of the week, and they were pretty easily taken care of, of Arizona and what was kind of a weird game in the rain there where it was pouring pretty hard in Miami. And, uh, and then all of a sudden Arizona came back out of nowhere, and uh, Miami just kind of stalled out, and then they ended up, of course, squeaking out there with a the field goal and then getting the cover for me. But that um, was a strange game because I was – fairly impressed with Miami early and then um and and really unimpressed of course with the Cardinals but um then as it went on it just I don't know it's kind of a perfect uh, enigma type game for Miami which I think is somewhat their season I've never been really high on them all year but they're also pleasantly surprising at times so I don't like totally selling them but uh in this in this price rate I actually like Matt Moore quite a bit I think he's one of the most capable backups, or at least he was a couple of years ago when uh, I wrote him for a little bit of money there uh, in terms of betting on him. <laughs> huh. uh, and uh, so I think he's he's capable, um, assuming he's going to have somewhat of a similar performance as he did a couple of years ago. And uh, But at the same time, I don't really like the Miami team that much in general. And laying points on the road with a team I don't really like that much doesn't seem like a great idea, but I also don't have a whole lot of interest in backing the Jets, even though they came back last week uh, against San Francisco after they looked like lifeless again and looked like Bulls could potentially get fired if it uh, continued like that. But I just uh, don't really like either of these teams, and at this price range I think it's pretty fairly priced, and uh, another one that I'll, I have a little bit more interest in watching this one, just to see if there's anything we can really take away for the last couple of weeks, but uh, probably won't be involved from a financial standpoint. So let's just go straight to the Sunday games here, and it looks like the first early game we got is Detroit at the Giants. My um, guess on this one was the Giants by two and a half. What did you have here? Yeah, I had the Giants by one and a half. My power rating was the Giants minus one. The opener at the West Gate had the Giants minus five and a half, and the look ahead was the Giants minus three and a half. Uh, this is a game uh, every week. If, you know, you'll, you'll give me a call, I'll give you a call, and kind of go over and see if we see anything that pokes out. And wasn't much this week, but this one stuck out like a sore thumb, and it still does actually. Uh, it releases a play right away Sunday night. Detroit, uh, the West Gate was five and a half, but it quickly got bet down right to four and a half. Almost, I think, it was in, within three or four minutes of opening. So. Um, four and a half is where the majority of the shots are sitting. Even now, it's four and a half or even a five at, at Bookmaker Offshore. So, I, I just really don't get this line. And even some people I listen to, I think I Teddy covers a few other people that I listened to this week on uh, Monday, yesterday. They were talking about all oh, the must have been an overreaction from the the Giants win, you know, last uh, Sunday night on against Dallas. And in reality, that hasn't moved at all. It hasn't shifted at all since that. It, it opened at four and a half before that game even started, and it basically got reopened at that same number. And if anything, it went down a little bit uh, towards Detroit. So uh, it wasn't an overreaction also. All it was is from Detroit's somewhat uh, you know questionable performance against Chicago, but I'm not going to really downgrade that team hardly at all. Uh, then They got the job done. It's a division game. I think Barkley looks serviceable. Uh, the Bears, they're not that good, don't get me wrong, but they uh, – you know, Detroit. That's kind of the team they are. They they're not they're not great in that flashy. They're not going to stomp on people, and all year long they're always keeping within a a couple points or a touchdown almost every game. So 
that's another another team here. Is you think that uh, basically saying the Giants are two two and a half points better, and I I don't know, especially coming off to that big division game against Dallas when they their defense played outstanding, obviously, and even though their offense got specifically Eli got pretty lucky with a handful of interceptions that should have been but never were, and I don't know. I think this is just a a really bad line, and it's my like I have a two-unit play on it, my second two-unit play of the year, so obviously it shows you know how strongly I feel about this game, or at least the mismatch in the the price. But I, uh, I mean, at some point, some some money's got to come out of Detroit here, and I won't be surprised at all if this closes at three or even below that. So uh, I definitely get on Detroit here sooner uh, before the line uh, goes down. Yeah, I uh, based on my guess, the line too. I thought this line was a little inflated. Uh, I'd, I've also I'll pre- preface it by saying I've also released a play on uh, on the Lions here this week at, at four and a half, and uh, it just and I'll also start by saying I I think that Lions win was pretty fraudulent last week. I they could have very easily lost outright to the Bears. I, I'm not I really haven't been high on the Lions all year. I, I think they're okay. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they're horrible, but I think they're just not that great of a team they're just you know they've had a lot of coin flip type games and some go their way some some don't but more have gone their way than probably should have this year but that being said the games they've lost this year their four losses are by one point seven points three points and and seven points so out of all the coin flip games that they they've lost or could have lost they would have covered in a, a high majority of those so even if you don't think they're a great team. They've done everything they've had to do in order to stay in all these games and, and win or lose late, which I think is very they're very capable of doing this week. Whether they actually, you know, win or by a field goal or lose by a field goal, I'm not sure, but it just feels like that kind of game to me. And but even more so, on on the flip side of this game, the Giants their their defense has been good, but their offense just really hasn't been that great. Eli hasn't played good in a long time. And I just don't trust this team at all. So laying over a field goal against a you know, above-average team at, at this point, it just doesn't seem like a good idea to me, especially coming off a primetime win against your division opponent that is one of your biggest rivals that uh, is leading the league in terms of record. That just seems like a horrible potential letdown spot if if there ever is one. Uh, I know I know it's so important for their playoff uh, hopes here, but they're still in fairly decent position even to make the playoffs as a wild card and unlikely to win the division regardless of the result of this game. So um, I don't know. I just don't. I just don't really see the Giants as as a team and um, people should be willing to lay over a field goal with. So I, I'm pretty shocked the line's this high. And uh, even if you look at the Giants' wins. Other than the Browns, who they beat by 14, which you know that's about the minimum people beat them by, all their other wins they haven't, they haven't beat anybody by a margin. They beat the Cowboys by three, the Bears by six, in which they didn't cover, the Bengals by one, the Eagles by five, the Rams by seven, the Ravens by four, Saints by three, Cowboys by one. Like <laughs> they're just they don't blow teams out. They're just not crafted that way. So. Even if they do beat the Lions, I think there's a decent chance that they do. Uh, four and a half just seems like a lot of points here in what is likely to be a coin flip game. So we definitely agree on this one. And uh, we, like I said, we both have already released it. So uh, it's likely to be one of our uh, stronger combined 
uh, feelings here on the on the card. Yeah, I just want to add quick too. It's you know Detroit. They're looking at their schedule. I mean, if they go, they could very easily go 0-3 here the next three games, and if they do, they have a chance of missing the playoffs, and they've had a pretty decent season just, you know, record-wise and and definitely kind of been coming out of the shadows, so it's not like they were expected to be that good either. So, But, you know, they're playing Giants, obviously, this week. Then they got to go to Dallas, and they're playing at home against Green Bay. And, uh, you know, Dallas obviously looked, didn't look that great last week, but I'm pretty sure, confident they can figure it out, and I think they'll be able to handle Detroit pretty hand- easily. And then they have Green Bay that if, if they look at all like they did last week when they're you know playing for their life and a playoff spotter for the division there, which is what it might come down to for the Week 17, I don't really want to you know get in front of Green Bay there either, so that's a game they could easily lose. I mean, this is a game that you'd think that they have circled on their schedule. They're pretty much not a must-win, but almost like a must-win. So they're going to be you know 100% focused, and they, they, can, they can beat them. And they definitely, I think they're a slightly better team. Obviously, you know, the Giants have a, a home field advantage that's – not uh, not great, I'd say just about average, maybe even a little below average. But and the, so you know, this is a game where, and then uh, you, you said and I said the Giants coming off this big division uh, upset against Dallas, uh, one of the best teams in the NFC or, or the league. So I, I don't know. Yeah, this is just uh, it's, it's, it's got to come down. <laughs> yep, I'd agree. The next game we got up here is Philadelphia at Baltimore. Um, this one, this was before the Monday night game. Um, I I had this one as Baltimore minus four and a half. What did you have? I had Baltimore minus five and a half. My power rating was Baltimore minus four and a half. The opener at the Westgate before the Monday night uh, Monday night game was Baltimore minus six, and the look ahead was Baltimore minus six and a half. And it reopened after the game. It wasn't a whole lot of movement. Uh, maybe bumped down a half a point now it's sitting at five and a half but still pretty much five and a half and majority sixes across the board so not a whole lot of movement after that game uh you know which with that baltimore game on monday night it was uh, <laughs> i had the under in, in new england i jumped on new england uh, late just had a small play on new england i figure i kind of had to just out of uh out of principle thought the line kind of got over adjusted i love baltimore at nine and i mentioned on the podcast last week and didn't get to it, then it got to eight, and I kind of still wavering, and then you know, obviously went all the way down. And I got actually got bought all the way uh, New England at minus six uh, right before kickoff. So, uh, and it landed on seven there. I think you made a tweet about it, but uh, or maybe retweeted somebody else or something. But that's a that's a game where no matter what uh, no matter what side you bet, you should have won it. So, all right there, I got a six, and I know a lot of other people, you know, sharper people are going to have a, a plus a seven and a half, plus eight, something like that in their pocket, which will win too for Baltimore side. So, but even ball that game, I think uh, pretty mis- pretty misleading that New England made two mistakes there to fumble that directly led to two touchdowns, and that's what ultimately ended up making the over go and uh, making the over get there, and also Baltimore getting getting close. So, and they did have that one interception in the end zone too, just for the spread standpoint, that obviously helped the total, but. So that's a little misleading there and a little fraudulent even if it was that close. But uh, uh, this is a game where I don't really want – I don't want either side. It's, I've been on Philly a few times here in the last three, four weeks, and they've just been showing me nothing. Uh, bet against them last week, obviously, with Washington, and that, that, that was probably the most life they've shown in the last three, four, five weeks. So I don't really know if what they're what – the, what's in the locker room. It's kind of hard to judge at this point in the year. So I uh, probably should be staying away from this game. Yeah, but Baltimore's a team that I want no part of laying. Like I said more and over again, basically, I don't want to be laying over a field goal at Baltimore, basically, ever, uh, except maybe against, you know, a Browns or a, a Niners or, or something. But um, they're just, 
a team I don't trust at all. I don't trust Flacco. And uh, with Jimmy Smith getting hurt there yesterday, their defense was uh, way worse than, than they've shown the last few weeks. I know that has something to do with playing the Patriots, but uh, it was also pretty easy for the for the Pats for most of that game. So it was a pretty dismal effort uh, across the board from, from Baltimore. So you wouldn't expect this to be uh, as an important game for, for playoff. Uh, possibility for them, obviously. So that I mean, they should be able to rebound and, and be fairly focused for this. But they're just not really a team I trust to win by a margin. And on on the flip side, you know, Philadelphia. I think I, I was on Washington with you as well last week. But I thought Washington basically just tried to hand Philly that game for like the whole first half, and then even Cousins on that pick six late, and it just seemed like they were doing everything they possibly could to give Philly the game. And uh, Wentz has just been pretty bad for a while now, and and the the team as a whole just I don't I don't want to say they're quitting completely, but it just seems like something's off there, and they've just been been pretty uncompetitive for a, about a month now. It's been four straight losses uh, where they've just been pretty bad. So I uh, don't really want any part of this Philly team right now. I think they're definitely a, a sell sign on them and that's why i think my guess is a little low so i think the markets are are realizing and, and the lines makers are realizing uh how poor this philly team has been for a while and i don't think it's likely to really change anytime soon but i think both these teams like you mentioned as well baltimore the only reason they were in that game uh was just because of the two uh, recovered fumbles that were turned into quick touchdowns so i think that score even though they got somewhat unlucky they're late to not cover uh, for for some people that got in on, on the closing number, I still don't really think Baltimore had any business being in that game, and I also think that Philadelphia, even though they only lost by a little bit, that was pretty misleading as well. I think both these teams played way worse than the final scores would indicate last week. So it sucks in a situation like that when they're playing against each other because I really uh, can't favor uh, either side because I just want to bet against both of them. But that obviously that's not. Uh, not able to do that so hopefully one of them can look really good this week and then we can turn around and bet against them the next week next game we got up here is green bay at chicago and my guess on this one was green bay minus five and a half what did you have here yeah this one i guess green bay minus four my power rating was green bay minus three and a half the westgate opened green bay minus four and the lookout was green bay minus four and uh, i kind of expected it but a lot of money came in right on Green Bay instantly. Moved up to that four, moved up to four and a half, five. Now it's all the way up to six and a half. And got up to seven at one point yesterday. And then it kind of got some Chicago buyback. And um, I was thinking about getting that seven, but I thought it was going to keep going up. And I'm still kind of convinced it's going to get back up to seven at some point this week and maybe maybe live a little bit tick higher. But, yeah, right now it's sitting at six and a half or you know, maybe either six or seven with some juice either way, but majority six and a half. So, uh, I think Green Bay people are just buying in on Green Bay from what they saw last week against Seattle, a team that's a pretty popular team, and people are kind of starting to sell on Green Bay. But the, last week they kind of looked like them old self, their old selves, and came out and just dominated, came out in dominating fashion. So, uh, not really shocked to see the money here, but I don't really want to be laying this price point with Green Bay just because. Uh, you know, it's just a recency effect here. So, like I said, if it gets to seven, maybe take a little piece of Chicago and otherwise, uh, you know, pass. Yeah, even though I didn't release it as a play last week, I, I personally was on 
Chicago and covered very easily against uh, Detroit, catching similar amount of points. And uh, now at home, I, I don't know. I think Barkley, uh, the quarterback for Chicago, has been been pretty decent. Not not great by any means, but he's not as bad as a lot of backup quarterbacks can be or have been. So I I, I think he's being a little bit undervalued uh, as a commodity here. And I think I think their offense can actually move the ball a little bit. And uh, so I'd be in t- kind of inclined to take the the seven if it gets to a flat seven here. But on the same token of the coin, as impressive as Green Bay looks, I know usually teams don't repeat extremely impressive performances or extremely horrible performances like that weeks after week in a row. But if it wouldn't totally shock me if, if Green Bay does uh, get things clicking. They, know, they do have that back-against-the-wall mentality, so they're not going to be letting up. And if if the offense gets going and, and Rodgers is in that, you know, F you back against the wall, I need to put up 40 points mode, that's not really a spot I want to be relying on John Fox and, and Matt Barkley to necessarily be uh, driving back for multiple scores for a backdoor cover. So, um, as I said, I'd, I'd lean here towards Chicago, but I don't know. I think there's better spots to, to take points, like, like last week with Chicago. Uh, in this kind of price range. So I'll most likely be staying away from this one. Next game up we got is Indianapolis at Minnesota. Uh, I had the Vikings laying three and a half in this one. What did you have? Yep, same here. Vikings minus three and a half. My power rating was Minnesota minus four. Opener at Westgate had Minnesota minus four. And the look at was Minnesota minus three and a half. Uh, some early money on the Vikings up to four, four and a half. Uh, Kind of more, I would uh, think it should be a ride bet at at least. Not that I'd take Minnesota at three and a half, but that's be the place I'd lean. But now you're talking four, four and a half. I mean, it's just just too many points. Not that it's a big difference, obviously, but you know, still talking about ten cents or so uh, difference, and it's just uh, it's just too many points for this Vikings team to lay. You just can't trust their offense. They have looked a little bit better, and the I've even thought they looked better, you know, three, four weeks ago, and people still thought they were the worst offense or just a terrible offense. But I, like I said, and even on the podcast, that they were getting better, just not it's not too hard to get better from when you're already at the ground. So I think it's kind of more a little more evident now after last week. I think people are kind of seeing that a little bit, and even that that final score, it was pretty pretty misleading there, even just because they. Should have scored, what, two more touchdowns or something like that in the red zone? Uh, they had the fumble there at the one-yard line and another one where they went for it and didn't get it, I think. And it's just, yeah, it's a little misleading. But um, so, it, it, but it's just tough. You got Indy. They're, the, the, both these teams are kind of in the same spot. They Very unlikely they're going to make the playoffs. I think Minnesota has a better chance if you talk about between the two. But Indy's loss last week was just... Just horrific for their playoff chances. They lost the against Houston when the game that they were favored by almost seven points and, and should have won pretty easily, or uh, you know at least on paper they should have. And when they, instead they lose that game and they obviously lose a game, uh, two games there. The difference they lose one and Houston gains one. And then also head to head they're they're down 2-0 uh, in Houston in the division. So just a really big stunner. So that uh, I'll be interested to see how they come out here now that they're basically dead. But I just uh, don't really want a part of either of these teams. I, I did like you know, small lean towards Minnesota at uh, three and a half, and now we're sitting at now. It's uh, no play for me. Yeah, I think it's kind of similar in a way to uh, last week with uh, the Vikings at, 
against Jacksonville and is in a similar price range, obviously a little bit tick lower, but, and then obviously now they're at home against a little bit better team, but do I really trust Indianapolis to hang in here after what was a potential dream crusher, heartbreaking loss last week? Not really, but do I also trust the Vikings laying more than a field goal basically anywhere, especially against Andrew Luck where, you know, the back door is always open usually. Uh, not really either. So uh, for me, this is a pretty pretty easy pass. If I had to do anything, I, I would lean towards Indy just because I see more scenarios where uh, they put up 17, 20 points somewhere in there and, and can keep it within four. As, uh, the Indy's defense at one point in, in the season I thought was – just was putrid, but the last handful of weeks, they haven't been haven't been good by any means, but they've definitely been uh, a little bit more solid and held people to reasonable totals. Their offense has just kind of struggled more than you would expect for uh, for Andrew Luck. So I don't. Uh, I think it was, could be a little bit of a lower scoring game here, and in that instance i think the four points will be pretty valuable so i guess i'd have a very small lean to indy but it's very unlikely i'm gonna get involved in this game so no need to uh discuss it a whole lot more i was gonna say i did uh made a small bet on the over at 44 when uh earlier today but that already got bet up now we're sitting at 44 and a half 45 45 and a half so i do like the over a tiny bit but uh, what's the thought process there well i don't know i think like i said i think minnesota's offense is kind of clicking a little bit more and then you have Indy. I think their defense is going to suffer more when they come off a big loss like that than their offense because their offense can still kind of go out and you know be flashy and showy, where the defense is kind of more technique and more discipline manner. So I think the you know the defense is going to suffer for Indy. So I think it'll be you know and then obviously you know the, the Indy offense when you have luck it should be able to score some points if they're in, at, you know a, a little bit if they're motivated or whatever. Even if they're down a lot, I still think they're going to try to score just to not be embarrassed. So. That's where I think the, the points will come from, and not like I said, not a strong play, but once 40, got a 44 out of it, so I figured it's uh, a pretty key number, so I put a small bet in on it. All right, next game up is Cleveland at Buffalo. I had Buffalo minus 9.5 is my guess on this one. What did you have? I had Buffalo minus 8.5. My power rating was Buffalo minus 7. The Westgate opened Buffalo minus 10. There's also a look ahead. Uh, keep this one short and simple. I mean, you have Buffalo... The, Head coaches question mark what's you know what's going to happen there? He's in the hot seat. Tyrod Taylor, let's talk about him getting benched, and and then you have you know the Cleveland team. It's just like uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll just pass. There's not really not much to say about this game. Yeah, I've been low on Buffalo all all year. That was a pretty misleading score. If you just look at the final against the Steelers last week, they they lost 27-20, but they basically got their doors blown off the whole time. Ben was pretty sloppy and and gave them a handful of turnovers there to kind of keep them in the game, and then they scored you know, a touchdown or two late to make it look more respectable than it was, but by no means were they in that game. And I uh, just haven't, haven't been a huge fan of the Bills basically all year, and then Cleveland, on the other hand, I mean, we talked about them over and over and over again. And it seems like every week there's sharp money on Cleveland for some reason. And uh, you know, I was I was part of that uh, you know, quote-unquote sharp money at, at one point in the year. And actually cashed them a couple times, but the last, what, two and a half months now, it's been just beyond awful. So 
that's hard to imagine, but I wouldn't be totally shocked if if sharp Cleveland money comes in again and takes out ten and a halfs and maybe even some tens. So um, I almost for sure won't be involved in this game financially, but uh, it'll be kind of curious to see if Cleveland can get a cover because just out of pure chance, you think Cleveland's got to start covering some games here. Though just taking away all handicapping factors, you know, aside, they've haven't covered a game in what's I don't even know how long. It's been six, seven weeks, something like that, to the best of my knowledge. So um, at some point, I think it's just got to even out just due to the law of averages. But I guess we'll see. Maybe Cleveland's just that bad. So from an entertainment standpoint, as awful as they are, uh, that's at least intriguing. Next game we got up is Tennessee at Kansas City. Uh, I had Kansas City minus six is my guess here. What did you have? I had Kansas City minus six and a half. My power rating was Kansas City minus five. Westgate opened Kansas City minus six, and I was looking at the line as well. And, uh, yeah, kind of getting closer to my power rating now, uh, sitting at five, five and a half. I'm still on six out there at Sportsbook, pretty square book, so uh, no surprise there. And, uh, yeah, I like just like my numbers indicate there, uh, I think it should have been at five, and so I would have had a small, small lean towards Tennessee if you get a six, six and a half. But uh, right now I'm sitting at five, five and a half, uh, that small lean, a very small lean, is probably gone, and I just don't want, I just don't like Kansas City laying this many points. I think I said that earlier in the year too, and that's when they weren't as good either. I just don't like Kansas City laying that many points. I mean, with that being said, even that, uh, they have looked more aggressive in, in recent weeks. I don't know if someone, you know, texted Andy Reid or called them and you know told him, you know, you know Andy, you got to start being more aggressive because it sounds, it seems like it's just a complete 180 from how he's coached over the last handful of years. So. I don't know why exactly, but, you know, they're taking a few shots downfield, and I don't think, still don't think that he's an ultra-aggressive by any means or anything like that, but he's definitely more aggressive than, he, than he's been since I've been watching him coach. So I don't know what that is about and if they'll continue or not, but I guess that's a, maybe a positive sign for, for Kansas City fans and backers, but I still don't want him in this point range. I, I think Kansas City's still a little bit of a phony, and I know a lot of people are picking him to win the Super Bowl and things like that. I mentioned that last week, but i uh, still not buying into this team that much, and I was on, on him last week and on Thursday night football there. I was against him again on Oakland, and uh, I I don't know. It just uh, didn't work out, but I don't hate the bet. And um, not 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 super high on Oakland either, but kind of just a little bit lower on Kansas City than most people are. So uh, Tennessee's been kind of rolling here a little bit and trying to make a playoff run. Now they're kind of in competition with Houston, so we'll see if they can do that. I don't think they'll quite get there, but they're going to be motivated here and. I think Kansas City will as well, so I think it'll be a good game, but I don't think I'm going to be financially invested at all. Yeah, I mean, Kansas City beat Oakland on a Thursday night last week by eight, uh, in which Oakland could have came in through the back door. And, and Kansas City's been impressive, don't get me wrong. I know, like you said last week, there's a lot of people picking them to go to the Super Bowl from the AFC, and nothing that happened last week's tempering those uh, expectations or predictions at all, but they, I mean, they beat Oakland by eight last week. And other than that, they've they've got some really good wins. You know, they beat the Falcons by one, the Broncos by three. Uh, they they lost to the Bucks by two at home, and they beat the Panthers by three, Jags by five. So I mean, when you look at all those mar- margins, they went other than the Oakland game last week, which would have been a coin flip basically. They haven't covered a margin of of six or more in six games. So I just. Uh, I don't know. They're not really a team, even though they are good and they they're uh, 
they've been really impressive. They're not a team I trust at all to win by margin. Um, they, they, I think they might be the, the team that's the biggest discrepancy in terms of how good I think they are versus how little I trust them to score a lot of points and then actually win by a margin. And then on the flip side, Tennessee, they haven't lost a game by 10 points all year. They're, they got five losses, but every one of them has been by single digits. So not not that any you know six covers all single-digit losses, but you know, it covers obviously a majority of them. And uh, I just I, Tennessee basically dominated Denver what, for 50 minutes of that game, 55 minutes of that game last week, and, and almost blew it late, which obviously isn't a good sign and a little worrisome. But uh, they've been pretty impressive to me for the most part. So I, I, have, I, I like Tennessee here some. I don't know if I'm going to quite get to the window with them because, you know, um, Kansas City does have a couple extra days rest, and Andy Reid's always been really good off a of bye historically, so I don't know <laughs> how he stands off a couple extra days rest, if that matters much at all or not. But um, I'm I'm kind of thinking about Tennessee, but I'm I'm going to kind of let that uh, let that thought simmer here the rest of the week and see if I uh, continue to, to feel that way or not. Because I know like last week on the pod, uh, I mentioned I had a little like a lean towards Denver. Or that would have been the way I, I may have gone. And as the week went on, I listened to some people that I respect and, and thought about the game more. And and uh, the more and more I thought about it, the more I, I leaned towards the Tennessee side. I didn't end up betting it, but I did take them in a, a picks contest that I'm in and felt pretty good about that the whole way through. So even though, I, you know, other than a game like the, the Detroit where we both bet it and released it, uh, a game like this where I lean Tennessee, um, I hold the, you know, the right to reserve uh, an actual pick or, or a bet for later in the week. But uh, as of right now, the, the t- taping of this podcast, I, I like Tennessee a little bit here. Next pick or next game we got up is Jacksonville at Houston. Just an awful game <laughs> aesthetically. I got uh, my guess was Houston minus six and a half here. What did you have? Yeah, I had Houston minus five and a half. My power rating was Houston minus five. Westgate opened Houston minus five, and the look ahead for the Westgate had Houston minus five and a half. So right in that ballpark, it was right where I had it, and uh, a little bit shy of where you had it. But yeah, I mean, it's just uh, you know whatever. You just put it, put a number up there, and <laughs> you just kind of see where it is. But not too far out of whack. Sitting at five and a half, six right now, kind of creeping up just a tad. But um, this will be a game again where if it gets to seven. So I don't I don't think I'll take it, but the people are going to be on Jacksonville. But there's not not much support for Houston, so I don't even know if it's going to get up to seven. I just see this line here, sitting probably here pretty much all week, and uh, I'll be uh, I'll be staying away. I don't uh, want to either part of these teams. I mean, it's it's either Jacksonville or Pats. I really don't know how you can lay this many points with Houston with with Osweiler, and I mean obviously their defense is, is decent, so I guess that's what you could go off of. But I mean I'll take if I'm going to put money anywhere in this game, which I'm probably not. I would take Portals and a backdoor cover in the fourth Mr. Fourth quarter from behind the garbage time. Yeah, this, uh, Jacksonville is not only are they really bad at this point, they're just really uninteresting. <laughs> they they uh, just had so many miscues and horrible plays against Minnesota last week, like the the guy kicking off with a delay of game. This is the first time it happened in 18 years. Like that's just unimaginable how bad that is, and the false start there uh, late, and it's just they're just 
pretty bad team. Uh, that's a, obviously apparent and reflected in the betting market. But not only are they a bad team, they're just pretty uninteresting to watch. They used to be at least kind of flashy a little bit, and you know, but they just really haven't been doing that lately either. So I do think that, uh, and yeah, I, I'd trust them to come through the back door or play a fluky game close than I would the Texans to, to win by a margin. But I also don't think there's a whole lot of money to be made betting Jacksonville at the current at the current time. So um, I, was, I was kind of surprised how not necessarily good Houston looked last week, but they were able to go into Indy and get that win. Uh, that was pretty pretty shocking to me, especially how e- even though they only won by five, it felt easier than that, I guess, or it felt like there was a little bit more separation there than that. So um, I was pretty pretty impressed with the Houston team as a whole, but I also think it was partially an indictment on Indy, so I'm not going to get run wild here and and say Houston's a great team and, and feel comfortable laying as many points or or even teasing them down to a pick. I don't even necessarily feel comfortable with that because I I could see absolutely see a scenario where Osweiler throws a couple bad picks and the Jacksonville defense that has been pretty solid steps up and plays a decent game and you know Bortles finally ends up making a, a play or two here and there and doesn't throw a pick six and and Jacksonville wins the game outright so and hardly anything in this game would surprise me so I think it's almost just a complete stay away next game we got up is Pittsburgh at Cincinnati my guess in this one was Pittsburgh minus four what did you have here I had Pittsburgh minus three for my guess Pittsburgh minus three for my power rating Pittsburgh minus three was the opener at the Westgate, and the look at it was Pittsburgh minus three, minus 120. So right across the board there. Currently this number, let's see, um, I don't know why I'm not finding here, but what's the, what's the current like number? three and oh, a half okay. across oh, the this, board. This game got flexed out, no wonder. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so sitting at three with juice or maybe a little bit of three and a half. Yeah, yeah heavy juice, half, it's too. more three and a half. Yeah, more three and a half is what I'm looking at. Yeah, exactly. So, um... I don't know. It's uh, another tough game here. You know, I think it's pretty much priced right where it should be. I think the, as the season goes on, it's a little bit easier to make the guesses, and the more data and information you have, it's easier for, for me and you as sports betters, but it's also a lot easier for the bookmakers to come up with the lines too. So I think, if anything, it's you know, harder to, to nitpick lines here. Obviously, we got one with that Detroit game. But with this game, it's uh, do you really want to take Cincy when Pittsburgh is a uh, – they haven't even looked dominant by any means, especially Roethlisberger. He's looked a little shaky, but I don't really think that it's anything he can that's going to affect him down the road here, down the stretch here. I think they're still a pretty, pretty good team all around, and their you know defense seems like they're improving a little bit. I you know trust Roethlisberger to make the throws when he needs to, and in, in the games that he needs to. Uh, this is a division game, and I think historically this has been a pretty big, pretty tight game and pretty you know, important, significant game and. But obviously Cincinnati out of the playoff race or, or virtually out of the playoff race, and uh, Pittsburgh is right in the thick of things. So it'll be interesting to see Cincinnati's motivation. And even the last couple of weeks, I kind of thought that they'd be good to bet against, and I, I think I did have money against them the last two weeks. And, and both both times they looked uh, pretty pretty good, not 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 phenomenal by any means, but definitely looked uh, above my expectations. And, and granted, it was against. Uh, pretty shaky team last week or one of the worst teams last week but but still give them credit there when uh you know a team in cleveland a division matchup when they just completely dominated so um i, I don't think i really want to be laying this price with pittsburgh here uh but i really don't want much of cincinnati either but maybe a very small lean if it gets any higher to, to cincinnati getting the points yeah, I, I like pittsburgh here 
I think they're they're one of those teams that I think has the potential to really get rolling here late if uh, if it kind of comes together. I think their defense has been playing pretty well here as of late, and I have faith that Roethlisberger will get it figured out a little bit more than what he has now. But even if he doesn't, Le'Veon Bell's looked incredible. And uh, like I said, it was pretty deceiving that final score last week. They just blew the doors off Buffalo. And uh, I don't think they'll have a whole lot of problem doing it against Cincinnati here. I mean, Cincinnati, yeah, they took care of the Browns last week, but I just don't think they're that good of a team. And I don't, uh, I don't trust Marvin Lewis or Andy Dalton or anybody else they basically have on that team, even though they do have a, a decent defense. Um, I just don't. I think at three, I, I definitely like Pittsburgh a lot. At three and a half, a little bit tempered, but I still, still think that's the way I'd look. Uh, I just think Pittsburgh has a lot more to play for right now. They're they're just a, a much better team as a whole, and and I uh, just I give them a lot a lot more credit here to to get the job done. So I don't I don't like playing points on the road. I never make this a extremely strong play, but uh, that's definitely the the side I like in the game. So we'll see. I think Pittsburgh, like I said, is one of those teams that if they get hot, they could uh, be a force here. Uh, later in, into the playoffs in the, in the AFC, so there's obviously a scenario where that doesn't happen. But um, I'd say that that's fairly likely, in my opinion. You have an opinion on Pittsburgh's long-term potential success? Yeah, I think they're definitely one of the the better teams in, in the NFL, especially if, like I said, the defense playing better. I'm pretty confident Roethlisberger will be able to get it together. Um, I think the I just kind of think this will be a little bit of a hiccup game for them, where I think they'll still maybe win outright, but it'll be a little bit harder than, you know, just like even like you said, yeah, that game, if you watched it with Buffalo there, they just pretty much dominated the whole game, and, and, and Roethlisberger kept them in by throwing a few interceptions there um, and a few other big plays. But, it you know, this is a game where, yeah, it, it, I'm not, I, I could see it being a little bit closer than just an absolute blowout. But, yeah, like, like you said, I think – Long term, I think Pittsburgh has got to be one of those teams. Like no one's going to want to, no one's going to be saying, "Oh, I can't wait to play Pittsburgh in the playoffs. It'll be an easy win." I mean, that's just not, not realistic. So I mean, they definitely can make a run, and this might be one of those teams that gets hot late and uh, you know gets it rolling in the playoffs. Yeah, well, uh, so I mean, obviously we'll wait and see. And uh, in this game, I, I don't think either of us are. Uh, particularly excited or, or rushing to the window and, and cutting in line to, to get a ticket down on either side. So we'll, we'll have a slight disagreement on this one uh, at, the, at the current price, but nothing nothing too strong. The next game we got up, I believe that's the end of the early games. Uh, in terms of the afternoon games, what do we got? Three, four afternoon games here? Uh, the first one being New Orleans at Arizona. Two fairly disappointing teams here and two coming off two disappointing losses that's for sure uh both not completely eliminated from the playoffs but pretty much out of it at this point i had uh my guess was arizona minus two here what would you have yeah arizona minus three is my guess and my power rating the westgate open arizona minus two and a half and the look ahead at the westgate was arizona minus three and a half and uh it's pretty much just sitting there two and a half and one two with juice but and some two and a half with a little bit of juice towards the favorite so um it, i mean yeah it's another <laughs> pick your poison type of game 
how much motivations each of these teams have, kind of preface it and then coming up in the concept corner. But it's just kind of it's tough to tell. Um, last week, if you know the New Orleans would have won, or I think the last couple of weeks actually, if you know this would be a spot where I take New Orleans. But obviously, this price point wouldn't be here. It'd be New Orleans would be favored if they're still in the thick of things or have a chance, and they've looked like they had. But obviously, they haven't, and uh, you know the price makes sense right where it's at. Um, just shy of three, and I have no, no problem with that number. And Arizona's, you know, they, like, in that Miami game, just uh, the score was a little close, but it uh, was a pretty sloppy game, and the, the weather and everything was kind of tough to tell anyway. So, I, yeah, like I said, take a pick-your-poison game, but I don't want to be laying this many points, or, I mean, any points, I guess, right now with Arizona. So it's uh, a New Orleans or pass, but I'd, there's better games to, to invest my money in, and I don't really want to do it uh, in a game like this with, with motivation is a, in, the, in question. Yeah, I don't – I'm not really sure even uh, – maybe I'll hear some as the week goes on, but I don't really know how you can make a case and feel strongly about either of these teams really at this point just because, like you said, the motivation at this point comes into question. And um, I think both these teams are pretty high-variance teams, so uh, I don't know how anybody can really feel extremely strongly that you know you're going to get from either of these teams, let alone both of them. So uh, this is a pretty easy pass for me. The one – one aspect of the game I was kind of intrigued by is a lot of times when teams are out of it, uh, like you said, in the, I think it was referenced to Houston earlier, the, the defense is more likely to quit than, or no, what, what team was that that you mentioned the defense potentially quitting? Indy. Indy, okay, yeah, so the opposite of due to the loss to Houston. Um, I, I figured that the Arizona team has basically been propped up by their defense for a lot of the year, and the Saints defense has actually been somewhat serviceable which is a huge upgrade for them so i was thinking if you could get a lower number based on the last few weeks results which really haven't been too high scoring for either team or i mean at least uh i guess the dolphins in arizona did end up getting to 20 or 49 points even though it felt like a lower scoring game so maybe the even though they, i guess the numbers have been reflected in higher scoring games here recently i was hoping maybe you could get a little bit of a lower total but at 50 50 and a half uh, there's no no discounts to be had there, so uh, I think there's will there will be a lot of points in this game, but uh, the markets are pretty accurately reflecting that, so I probably won't be involved uh, financially there either. Next game we got up is San Francisco at Atlanta. Um, my guess on this one was Atlanta minus twelve and a half. What did you have? Another good game here. Can't wait to wait, wait to watch on Sunday, yeah. but uh, Atlanta minus thirteen is my guess. Power rating was Atlanta minus 12.5. The Westgate open Atlanta minus 11.5. And, and the look ahead was Atlanta minus 11. And pretty, pretty similar to that uh, uh, Seattle game on Thursday night. Constant Atlanta money. Bet up uh, all the way 13.5, 14, somewhere in there. And, uh, I mean, it's just pretty pretty similar game if you ask me, just in general, uh, is that game. It's uh, Do you want to take bottom one of the worst teams in the league in San Francisco that hasn't covered a point spread and what seven eight games or something like that or i don't even know something something ridiculous but yeah you're getting two touchdowns but obviously rightfully so and then atlanta they've looked pretty good and offense last week put up a lot of points and it's kind of steamrolled and uh their defense is you know the, the side that's going to be a little more shaky going into the playoffs and everything assuming they make it so um yeah i i, I don't know it's just uh point spread uh from the spread side of it i don't think you can take either side here. Maybe, yeah, like it says, maybe Atlanta before that, but now when it's sitting at two touchdowns, it's just 
pick your poison again, and, and the total is pretty much accounted for 51 and a half, 52. Uh, it's supposed to be a high-scoring game. Uh, I guess if anything, I'd maybe lean under if I had to go one way or the other, but most likely going to be staying away from the total as well. Yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to say with this. I think that analogy to the – or referring to the LA-Seattle game is, is pretty apt in this scenario. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of takeaways from that San Francisco game other than they were basically gifted the game early by the Jets and still found a way to lose it. And it just seems like they're not even hardly playing for Chip Kelly, which is uh, alarming, I guess. But we already knew that. The markets know that. There's no bargain to be ahead in the number. Atlanta looked good last week with a couple of their playmakers out and still had no problem blowing out uh, the Rams so um I mean do you expect more of the same or you know 14 in the NFL games quite a bit but uh I don't know I don't really have any interest in taking San Francisco now either so uh definitely not gonna be involved in this one I know that as the season goes on here and it gets later and later in the season uh, you're gonna hear us say more and more on these games that I just don't really want either side and and it just seems like a lot more crapshoots. Is you, you get more information, so the uh, the markets and the, the odds makers are going to be able to more accurately price these games. And then when you combine that with the fact that there's a lot of teams that there's motivation issues, uh, it's just it's really hard to get involved with a, a good portion of these games. As opposed to early in the year, there's a lot a lot of uh, unknown variables and information that you can try to find an edge or find something that you don't think is priced properly in the markets, but uh, the markets get efficient as time goes on, and I'd say uh, both these teams are pretty pretty solidly known quantities at this point, and the price range is right where it should be, and you know that's uh, not really a whole lot of opportunity to get involved in this one, so we just move on to the next game. Next game up we got is New England at Denver which would have been a game of the year a couple of years ago, but this year uh, not quite so much with, with Simeon at the helm and Gronk out. But my um, guess on this one was New England minus three. What did you have? Yeah, same here. New England minus three. My power rating was New England minus three and a half. Westgate open, New England minus three, minus 120. Uh, like the other game, that was before the Monday night game, but I don't think it moved. And I guess maybe a little bit of Denver money, but I don't know if that's... Anyway, yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, reopen, and then uh, the look ahead was New England minus three, even money. This game is sitting at three. Uh, I see a one three and a half at sportsbook, but I, I mean, this line's got to go up to three and a half. I think. I don't know. I don't know how it can go down. I, I think I would like New England here at three. I don't know if I'll get an official play on it, but like last week, I had a little, little small, little small bet on New England taking the six, laying the six, and uh, obviously got there. I think pretty right, rightful fashion, I would say. It, it, uh, I think that was the right side. And I, like I said earlier, we said earlier that that game was a little misleading just from the final score perspective. So, But I don't, this game, it's uh, not the best best of spots for New England, obviously, coming off that big win on prime time. But I don't think, uh, out of any team, I don't think New England's going to be the one to scare me off a bet from a, a spot. And playoff come, revenge. Yeah, playoff revenge as well. So, yeah, they... Um, should should be pretty fully motivated, especially when you have Brady and, and Belichick. So, and then Denver's been pretty shaky all year. Uh, they kind of tried to come back last week, kind of like you mentioned in, in the Tennessee game, but but failed to do so. And they're 
their chances aren't looking too good, specifically for the division and, and even their playoffs hopes. So they could they could still do it, but it's definitely not uh, as likely as it, it was earlier in the season. But uh, so yeah, to take laying three points, like you said. Uh, what other game? What, what are you talking about? It was Pittsburgh. You don't like laying. I don't like laying three points either on the road. But um, you know, I think just New England's a significantly better team here, and I do anticipate this line going up to three and a half. So, uh, like I said, lock it in at three. If you do like the Patriots, I'm pretty confident it'll be closing at three and a half, uh, and some Patriots money, if not from the Sharps, and some some public money uh, later in the week. Yeah, kind of feel similarly. I don't know if I necessarily agree that. Feel as confident the line's going to move upward, but it is hard to imagine there's going to be a whole lot of Denver support. You know, the public's going to be all over New England, obviously, and then the the Sharps. I, I don't know. I could see being split. Like they bet. I don't know if they were betting on Baltimore last week or against New England or a combination of the both. But um, I, I don't know if I necessarily expect anti-New England money to come again next week after. You know, some of the sharpest money obviously got there when they were taking the plus eights on Baltimore, plus sevens and a half, and even pushing on the seven. So it's not like they're going to feel burned necessarily that that uh, New England covered against the closing line because it didn't matter to a lot of a lot of the sharper betters that got to it first. But I also um, feel like you said that they probably feel fairly fortunate to to cover that and then uh, turn around this week. I don't think there's a whole lot of Denver. Uh, support necessarily or a whole lot of faith that they're going to be able to really score much. Uh, Simeon, he looked, you know, he didn't look horrible. I think he's a huge step up from Lynch, but I also don't think uh, you can really trust him to to score more than 20 in a game. And Denver's defense is still pretty good. So I'd expect him to cause some problems for New England. But I also, if you're going to be betting for New England to not reach 20 in a game, uh, I think you're going to be losing more than you're going to be winning. So I'd I'd look towards the New England side, but uh, I don't I don't like it quite enough. And maybe at a flat three, I'd, I'd dabble on it, but definitely won't be releasing it as a play or or be too heavily involved uh, personally. I had the one interesting fact, fact uh, from one show I was listening to yesterday that they said that surprisingly the books you know usually New England's the biggest public team that they that they need, and uh, surprisingly they were more lopsided and more Baltimore money. Than anything, even from the public, it was it was kind of even from the public. But so they, you know, were rooting for New England, which is very very rare, and they need that earlier in the year when Brady was out. But since Brady's been back, it's almost every week. It's you know the public is going to pound New England no matter what the number is, virtually. So it's uh that's kind of a little interesting that all that money, you know, people at the Baltimore support usually just be so lopsided on New England on a primetime game like that. So I think if anything, it's probably going to. They, they kind of learned their lesson going against New England for the, the public that did do that, so they might be hopping right back on the bandwagon for the, the Patriots here this week. I won't be surprised. Yeah, I might also be curious to see how that clo- how it was that closed in terms of the you know the money wagered. I think I listened to the same thing, and they were saying that the uh, money on accounts was really high in, in Baltimore's favor. By usually, money on accounts is by sharper players that have a a wagering app in Vegas books where you can set up an account, deposit your money in the, into the account at the sports book, and then have a, a mobile app where you can put in sports bets from anywhere in Nevada on your phone. And a lot of the people that have accounts tend to be the sharper players. And, uh, I know, I think that was Matty Holt again saying that from CG saying that most of the action they had was on account was from Baltimore. And then, uh, it kind of was evening out as the day went on. 
and uh, I would assume that the more and more public action this day went on was more towards New England to make that a little bit more lopsided, but um, obviously we don't know, so we can't say for sure, but I'd be curious to see, like like you said, if uh, the public that was on Baltimore kind of learned their, learned their lesson or you know shies away from betting against New England again and makes it even more lopsided here this week and as the weeks go on. And hopefully it creates a situation where we can bet against them and take advantage of uh, an overinflated number if we like the underdog in this scenario. Uh, the last afternoon game we got is Oakland at San Diego. Uh, I had Oakland lane two and a half on the road. What did you have here? Yep, I had the same number. Oakland minus two and a half is my guess. Oakland minus two and a half is my power rating. The Westgate open, Oakland minus two and a half. And uh, the look ahead from the week before had San Diego minus one as a, as a home favorite there. Obviously shows you how big of a swing they had. And a lot, I think a lot of that has to do with Phillip Rivers hasn't really looked good last game at all and even the last couple games. But a little bit of early Oakland money. Not really surprised up to three uh, or a little or with juice or two and a half with juice towards Oakland somewhere in there. Two and a half to three in that range. So I'm sure it's going to get up to three. I don't know why it wouldn't and uh, even san diego their playoff hopes are pretty much not there and uh, oakland is obviously right in the hunt still or right in the the playoff thick of things so they're uh, still highly motivated and they uh came off a primetime loss there against a kansas city team division foe so it uh they're gonna should be extra motivated uh, extra rest but uh you know you're you're it's price price like that, so you're you're laying the points on the road against a San Diego team that can score points or has scored points uh, in the last few years uh, just from their team. So uh, not so much the last few weeks, just because their offense has been a little shaky. But I mean, at any point they can you know, definitely get it together. It's just a matter again motivation. So I uh, don't really know what to do with this game. It's kind of tough. I would have leaned to Oakland here. You could get a two and a half or maybe even a, a flat, a three, even money or something like that. But I want to start creeping up a little bit more. It's just, just kind of tough to lay that price with uh, on the road team like this. So I think another another stay away here. Well, you can get Oakland at three even money right now pretty much everywhere, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you wanted to take a little piece of that, I'm just, I don't think I will, but I'm saying you. If you wanted to, that's the way I would lean. Oh, okay. Yeah, I... Uh, I thought it was a pretty disappointing effort from San Diego last week, even though they were a long shot to make the playoffs anyway. I think that was kind of the nail in the coffin for them. And uh, Rivers, like you said, played horribly. Yeah, he had three interceptions. He's uh, he's had a couple of those sneaky, horrible games where they've been a little bit, the door is slightly ajar there for a little bit, and then he just sealed them up pretty good. So that uh not sure really how they're going to respond to that. And on the flip side, Oakland has a little bit of time, a little bit uh, extra rest here, and uh, they're a team that I, I don't know is kind of kind of strange. Uh, I think they're still an above-average team, not a great team, and I think this one's priced pretty appropriately. I don't really want to lay a field goal or more on the road with with Oakland, uh, but I also don't really trust San Diego in this point spread range to really keep it super close either. So. Uh, I won't be involved in this one, uh, even if it gets sounded, even if it gets sounded like a flat two and a half or two. Or I'd, I, I would obviously lean Oakland in that situation, but there's just something I just don't just don't trust them enough to, to lay points in the road with them at the, at the time being. And I also talking about a, the variance a team has. I think San Diego's 
right up there in terms of variance too, where I think if their offense is clicking, they could very easily see them winning this game. But if their offense isn't clicking, I could very easily see them losing by 20 in this game. So I'm going to be uh, on the sidelines on this one. But we'll be pretty intrigued. I think it's a good a good game to have on as one of the afternoon games. So the the then the night game I got the flex got flexed here to the night game is uh, another Dallas primetime game. Which how many times has Dallas been in primetime? It's said to have been four or five in a row. Getting uh, obviously they, they draw huge ratings, so I see why the NFL is doing it. But I'm getting a little little cowboyed out in primetime myself. I don't know about you. But uh, we got Tampa Bay at Dallas. Uh, my guess on this one was Dallas minus six and a half. What did you have here? My guess was Dallas minus seven. The power rating was Dallas minus six and a half. The Westgate opened Dallas minus eight and a half. And this is before the Sunday night game. And then the look ahead was Dallas minus nine and a half. Yeah, reopened, uh, I think about eight. And then now just you know constant Tampa Bay money down to a pretty much a flat seven across the board. So. Um, pretty much right where I expected to be, just by judging up my power ratings and my uh, my guess. So uh, it, I was about you know thinking about a Tampa Bay lean there uh, when I first saw the number at eight and a half. I didn't pull the trigger, and even though I got ahead of the number there, I'm still not you know I don't really want to be betting against Dallas here because I think they're going to be motivated to come in, and uh, you know I think we'll definitely be see if they've been the phony team or if they're going to step back up after that that loss against the division there uh that you know, game they should have won or at least they thought they should have won so see what they have as a team and uh, i think this will be a pretty big indicator of you know how well they can do in the playoffs and if they come in dominating fashion here it'll be obviously a good sign if they have to str- if they struggle against the tampa bay team it uh might be a lot of people selling selling on dallas and maybe even get a little bit of a discount going down the stretch if people start backing off them a little bit so at this price point, I think, like uh, like uh, like I said, it should be right here. I think for the market, right at seven or um, so. I I guess if I had to lean somewhere, I guess it's really small lean to Tampa Bay. I don't really want to lay this many points with Dallas, just as they haven't looked like they're clicking a whole lot. And Tampa Bay's obviously been been rolling as of late, and they're right in the thick of things for the playoffs. So uh, with Atlanta uh, for the division. So yeah, I guess like I said, small lean to Tampa Bay if I had to, but uh, we're gonna be staying away. I think almost anybody's natural inclination here that's been paying attention would be looking at Tampa Bay getting seven or more than seven and thinking that's too many points. And that was my first inclination as well. Uh, this Tampa team's obviously been playing really good. They you know, beat the Saints, Chargers, Seahawks, Chiefs, Bears. So that's two, two and a half really good teams like that. People, some people have said they have a Chiefs Seahawks Super Bowl. So the fact they beat them in back-to-back weeks, uh, one on the road, is pretty impressive on Tampa's part. They're starting to gel a little bit here, and um, you know, so there's a lot of indicators saying to you know jump on Tampa. But on the same token of the coin, people aren't necessarily selling the Cowboys, but they've haven't covered three straight now and have been struggling a little bit lost outright on prime time and and people uh and then struggled to barely sneak by the vikings in prime time the week before and then didn't cover on thanksgiving and it was somewhat of a coin flip game there against the redskins so i think the uh the, the public reacts to what they've seen last and uh i think they won't be quite as uh quite as like uh, ready and excited to jump on the Cowboys as they would have been, say, a month ago. So uh, 
Um, I, although it does seem at first glance like this is a lot of points, I could see the Cowboys coming out pretty pretty hot after that loss last week on prime time and really trying to, to prove a statement now they're back at home. Like, hey, we are actually the best team in the NFC. Uh, we're, we are we want this home field advantage and the number one seed in the playoffs and really come out and try to prove a statement game. You know, Prescott, as bad as he looked last week, uh, really try to come out and, uh, you know, big F you to the, the doubters saying they should put Romo in and uh, and come out strong here. So I think um, I think Dallas is in, in kind of strangely a good spot here. And, and Tampa's feeling pretty good about themselves and now have themselves in decent position to make the playoffs. So obviously they're going to want to keep that going, but I also could see just a little bit of a letdown just due to human nature. So I I think the at seven it's probably right about where it should be. I'd be I'd be tempted to tease Dallas, even though I think a lot of people that would be counterintuitive to what they would think. The fact that Dallas has been struggling a little bit recently, and and Tampa's looked as good as they have. I think a lot of people might say. You know, it's a good time where you either lay the points with Dallas or you bet Tampa on the money line. But uh, I don't know. I think there's a really good chance Dallas wins this game, so I'd be inclined to, to tease Dallas down personally. Yeah, I like that. I agree with that for sure. I, like I said, I think this might be a spot where Dallas comes and you know shows their guns again. But uh, I don't really want to bet on that because it's just so many points. Yeah, I like I like the tease uh, route of it. All right. Uh, finally, we got a Monday night matchup here between Carolina. At Washington, uh, I had Washington minus three and a half here is my guess. What did you have? Yep, same here. Washington minus three and a half. My power rating is Washington minus three and a half. The opener, well, the Westgate didn't open right away, actually, when I was looking at it. it uh, for some reason, a lot of shops had a, a number, but the Westgate didn't have one. I don't really know why. Um, so there wasn't anything available at the time. Uh, the look at was Washington minus four. But most most places open that I saw three and a half four, and then it quickly got bet up to four four and a half, and that's when the Westgate when I looked at it uh, later on Monday, then they actually finally had a number up at four and a half. So I'm not really sure as to why. That's pretty much all I hear. The only number that they haven't had up that other shops have pretty much widely available. I think and not like an injury reason or anything like that. So, um, but yeah, right now the market's sitting at four and a half five, and uh, another game I really don't want any any part of either team. I've uh, been back and watching a few weeks here like against Dallas there, like you said, on Thanksgiving. Made some money on that game. Pretty uh, decent play on that. And then Washington last week in the pick of the week. That ended up getting there, but definitely wasn't in the most. It definitely should have been a lot easier uh, to get there than they did. And even though they did win the game by, what was it, five or whatever, they, they got a little lucky, but they, I think they still dominated. Not dominated, but they still handled the game. They just, like you said, gave Philadelphia way too many chances. So now you're talking about laying less than a field goal last week against a team that's pretty much dead, kind of like Carolina, but now you're talking about laying four, four and a half, five. It's just uh, points where I don't want to touch, and especially with a team like Carolina where they might show up at any week, you just really have no idea because um, they have the talent because it's pretty much the same team that went to the Super Bowl last year. So Cam's trying and their their team's playing, and, and especially if Keekley's back with that defense, he's pretty ultra-motivated no matter what the situation seems like. I know last week you'd see him on the bench there sitting – or, or two of the two weeks ago, maybe he was sitting there screaming on the sideline when something went wrong when they against uh, Seattle, I think it was there on Sunday night. So he's obviously a pretty big key uh, guy to get back and healthy. So um, not not that I necessarily want Carolina, but I really don't want any part of Washington in this point range. So I'll uh, I'll be passing uh, another another primetime game. 
Yeah, I don't know what to make of Carolina, basically, at this point. Um, last week, they looked pretty good against San Diego, but I'm also not convinced. Are we going to see that Carolina? Are we going to see the Carolina against Seattle? I really don't know. Like you said, they have the talent, obviously, because it's basically the same team as last year. So they can come out good. They can come out bad. I really don't know. And then Washington, they're a team, too, that they can score a lot of points, but their defense is pretty suspect at best. So you're not uh, – not, I kind of know more so what I'm going to get out of Washington, but uh, also they're – they're a team that, you know, Cousins is capable of turning the ball over a couple times, but he's also capable of totally lighting somebody up. So um, I I don't feel – they're a team that I, I wouldn't mind laying points with and having them win by a margin. But against a team like Carolina, I'd rather have it against a team that's more of a known quantity of what we're going to get than, than a Carolina squad. So um, I won't be involved in this one. Uh, almost for sure, unless the line really gets out of whack. No, no real strong opinion here. And another game where I'm not really that interested in even watching it for the most part. Um, Carolina has just kind of been a pretty un, uninteresting team to me for a while that I haven't really been able to make a whole lot of sense of, even though for the most part I've done pretty well on their games when I have got involved. They're uh, just not a team that I really care a whole lot about at this point in the year. So it's unfortunate that uh, this is a, a primetime game, but, you know, it is what it is, and uh, just pass and, and move on. So that concludes uh, the games here for Week 15. And uh, now we're going to talk about, I know Rob mentioned a little bit earlier, we're going to do a quick little Concept Corner here. Now clear your head as we back into Concept Corner. All right, so as the uh, season dwindles down here the last couple of weeks something that i know we've kind of harked on over and over again in, in different matchups is the the concept of motivation uh as it applies to the different nfl teams here and uh it's something that i think is a pretty pretty basic concept but something that matters more as the season goes on and and should absolutely be factored in uh into these lines in the next couple weeks and then specifically week 17. But uh, motivation plays a major role in, in how the games are aligned and uh, what sides could you know potentially offer value or, or you find more attractive. Uh, do you have anything to expand upon that, Rob? Yeah, I mean, we kind of already t- touched on it throughout this whole podcast specifically, and yeah, like you said, a few uh, episodes before this. But it's just... Uh, you know, something you really need to consider, and a lot, there's a lot more numbers and bets that I'm going to be not making or making just based off motivation. You know, the perfect example I think is that New England game, or even for you for that Pittsburgh. If this was an earlier season game with you know motivation still peak, it, you know I'm not going to be laying those types of numbers, but it's a lot easier. And in the last couple of weeks, I've been doing that in more road little road favorites. You know, one, two, three point favorites. I'm a lot more likely to be laying those numbers just because of the, of the motivation factor and you know, you know which teams are motivated and which teams aren't, and that just you know plays such a big role into it. Not to say, oh, you want to be laying that all the time, just if you know they're in the, in competition or not, but it's something definitely going to factor into more, and definitely going to be laying. You know, I'll be, I'll be laying more points if someone that's going to try to be winning more than uh, taking points if someone just isn't going to be trying at all, or or at the very least isn't trying the hundred percent. So, um, uh, just a really key factor to put into your handicap coming down the the stretch of the, the NFL season, I think. 
Yep. So it's just uh, yeah, something to keep in mind here as as we go forward, and that will pretty much be the overall theme, I'm guessing, of our Week 17 podcast, where um, basically every game is outside of a handful, but are going to be basic uh, figuring out motivations almost as much as they are you know, talent and, and ability. But we'll uh, get to that when the time comes. Now let's uh, head on over and go uh, do our picks of the week here. The AS Pick of the Week. So, all right, uh, the AS Picks of the Week have been hot. I know I'm, uh, I think I got seven in a row here. Uh, you, I think, just bounced back after a lose a couple weeks ago, but it came back strong last week with Washington. Uh, I got there with, with Miami. And now my record's up to, what's my, what's my record up to now? Is it? You're, uh, eight, three, and one. Eight, three, and one? Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Didn't, uh, didn't overinflate that there. So eight, three, and one, pretty happy with that. You're up to seven and five, I believe, right? Correct. Okay, pretty solid as well. A couple games over 500. Um, I'm still relentless on the, on the tee box. Just, just a beast. Uh, not, <laughs> not giving it up. Um, Tiger Woods getting back at it. That's right. Um, I mean, I think I know where the obvious pick would be to go here, but uh, I think you already released as a two-unit, and I only released it as a, a single unit, so I'll leave that one up to you. Um, I think I'm gonna. You got the you got the box. I mean, it's up to you. Yeah, I think I'm gonna get a little bit uh, more creative while still uh, bringing in that same game. No, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go away from that. I'm going to take a, I'm going to do your classic square bear teaser here and uh, tease the Packers down to uh, a half point and a lot, to Dallas in the night game, tease them down to one point favorite. So have a, a standard six-point two-team teaser, Green Bay at a half, and Dallas at minus one. Interesting, yeah, I was going to. I thought for sure you're going to take that Detroit game, so I was ready to do a, a teaser with Dallas, and I was debating between Dallas and Green Bay and Detroit. So that, <laughs> that's uh, what I was debating funny. if I wanted Detroit up to ten and a half, or if I wanted Green Bay down to one. Uh, you know, might not even hurt you to throw them all three in a, in a teaser and grab that extra fifty cents or whatever the extra value is on the three-team teaser. To be honest, yeah, I think that'd be a pretty solid bet. As much as I don't like, you know, parlaying or teasing more than two teams, but yeah, that'd be. Pretty, I like that one a decent amount. Um, well, I think uh, it'd be kind of too easy to just go with that, and I already got two and I play on it. So I'll. Uh, I guess the problem is this board is just so thin. <laughs> it uh, it's really tough, but you know I'll just go in. I kind of already missed the number a little bit, but I'll just go in with uh, that Minnesota Indy over. Uh, looks like I can get. I think 45 is pretty widely available, so I'll just do 45 and. As much as I don't like getting a worse the number, I already released that Detroit play, so you might as well mix it up a little bit for the for the listeners to get some more uh, you know, variety out there. All right. Uh, just one quick question here to, to conclude this. What, if you had gunned your head, what's the next side you take on the board? Just out of curiosity. After than, the Detroit game? Yeah. Hmm. Really, uh, let me just go one by one here. It'd be, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, I mean, Tampa Bay would be up there, but it's just I really don't feel good about that for some reason. I don't know why, and especially after losing, you know, the value down to seven now. And uh, I don't know. I have to think about it here. What are you What are you thinking? 
<laughs> I don't know. I was just making the point. It's amazing how thin and how quick it gets. Or how they could it, probably take Tennessee. Yeah, uh, that'd be up Tennessee, there for me. Uh, and or like I said before, I guess maybe New England at three here. I yeah, probably be my next play would be New England. I was debating between Pittsburgh, New England, Tennessee. I probably would have gone Pittsburgh, even though I hate the three and a half. But anyway, I was just asking that out of curiosity because to prove the point of you know how little we really we really like as a whole this week. But um, anyway, so that uh, that concludes the uh, week 15 NFL pod. Uh, like you said, you're heading back to the, the great state of Minnesota here uh, tomorrow night, actually. So that'll be uh, good to have you back here in God's country there, Crabber. Yeah, looking forward to coming back. Got a little bit of business I need to take care of, but hopefully I don't need to make any trips back uh, in a few weeks or month or so to be home. But if I do, I do, and uh, we'll see what happens. So. All right, sounds good. Well, best of luck to you here in Week 15. Uh, it'll be nice to watch the games together here, the the setup, get all eight TVs going this Sunday, and uh, we'll be uh, ready back here next week to, to break her all down. Thank you for listening to the Aron Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.